network is up. We are on the server. Some beautiful lullaby music. Some inspiring poetry. Some moving oratory. Oh, for a voice like thunder. The senses are shaken and the soul is driven to madness. Who can stand? When the souls of the oppressed fight in the troubled air that rages, who can stand? When the whirlwind of fury comes from the throne of God and the frowns of his countenance drive the nations together, who can stand? When sin claps his broad wings over the battle and sails rejoicing in a flood of death, when souls are torn to everlasting fire and fiends of hell rejoice upon the slain, oh, who can stand? Oh, who hath caused this? Oh, who can answer at the throne of God? The kings and the nobles of the land have done it. Hear it not, heaven, thy ministers have done it. Quite inspiring. Thank you, Lorena and crew. And we'll back you out here and see if we can get our little shooting match started here. Good morning. Uh, here we go. Roger Sales, your host on the Radio Ranch. It is the 29th of July. July is almost over. Hard to believe. Uh, and, uh, we're on several different platforms here. And usually I call on Mr. Beaner, one Paul, Paul two, to come in and inform us about which of those platforms we're on this morning. Yeah, I may be Paul two, but I refuse to answer to Paul squared. I'm just saying. <laughs> We're on Eurofolkradio.com, the flagship station, of course. We're also on Radio.GlobalVoiceRadio.net, HomeNetwork.tv, FreedomNation.tv, TikTok on AnthonyBerry8625, and Rumble at 1776ER. ER. The answer to Paul Circled? Um, maybe, maybe. Well, we'll have um, to also, see if that uh, occasion arises. Find the link to join us on the program. Yeah. You find the link to join us on the program. It's a free conference call link. You can find that on exposethematrix.com. And you can also find links to the Global Voice Network and Eurofolk Radio live stream. <laughs> so, there we go. We're all over the place. All we need to do is tap into a bunch of people, right? We're accessible. We're accessible, yeah. folks. Yeah. So uh, I was uh, yeah. I was watching. I stumbled on a thing on BitChute last night on uh, about a two and a half hour, maybe more, uh, video on Germany, and uh, so I started watching it last night. And one of the things that bugs me is they had a bunch of Hitler speeches on there, or at least his public stuff. 
And rather than lay a trans, you know, they put the translation in there and they put it in yellow, which is difficult to read. And so to read that stuff, I've got to stop every one of them and go in there and read it. So that aggravates me. So I didn't get to do it. And I would have loved to have had the full impact of that. Uh, but, uh, limitations, uh, limitations override a bit here personally. But what threw me this morning is I started watching it again. Uh, and it was going into the whole history with a lot of photographs and even some videos and stuff of how they turned the economic system around and all the moves that they made. And I'll probably go back and watch that again because they're throwing a lot of facts at you. But it was pretty interesting on uh, uh, what uh, what Hitler did was basically what these guys shift everything to labor. But he didn't participate with them, and he sold all, uh, got rid of all of uh, Germany's gold so that they didn't have any international connections there with gold and trading with countries, and they started a direct barter system uh, with countries they were trading with. Uh, Very interesting. I'll have to go back and watch it again. But that got my attention so much, and I looked up, and it was 9.59, and I didn't even have the computer set up to, to go on, so... Luckily, we got in under the wire, and uh, but very interesting. I'll watch the rest of that. Maybe we can talk about it. Um, so, good morning, guys and gals, you little freedom seekers, you. And uh, here we go to try and achieve some of that this morning. So, everybody doing all right this morning? Sounds, doing good, Roger. Sounds very I'm quiet. Okay, well, we ended up yesterday at the end of the show with Cheryl from Florida wanting to know about something about passports. Is Cheryl with us this morning? Hmm, that doesn't uh, sound too good. I sure am. There she is. She was reaching for star six. You had to star six, didn't you? Yes, I did. I did. Okay, so you're in Citrus County, Florida. You tell us yesterday is a pretty corrupt place. North of Orlando, Cheryl? Uh, Actually, I would be more considered... West of Orlando. Okay, so you're between there and the Gulf. Because I'm... Yeah, and uh, Tampa's an hour south. Yes. And uh, and Orlando's an hour east, east for me. Okay, so you're a little bit yeah. uh, east and of then, uh, Tarp, Tarpon are you Springs in that with area. Ocala? Well, yes, ma'am. I mean, I'm from Florida. Uh, do you so... know I'm from Florida. I'm from Panama City, so I know the state a little bit down there. Not a okay, like the back of my hand, but uh, so anyway. Well, you stumbled on us recently. You got some kind of a passport problem, is what I gathered yesterday. Or no, you said affidavit first. How did she find you, Roger? Well, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll ask. I sure. have all kinds of Roger. <laughs> I do not have any identification. All right. Um, you know and. I have to tell you, it stems from uh, when I turned eight years old. I am a tall uh, woman, and my mother refused to drive, but she kept having babies. And my dad and my grandfather worked. And since I could touch the pedals at eight years old, they taught me how to drive so I could be my mom's chauffeur. And they... um, 
My father and my grandfather never had a driver's license, and they told me that they weren't drivers; they were travelers, and they taught me a lot about that. So I have, I, I am, uh, I, I'm over sixty-five now, and I've never had a driver's license. Citrus County don't like it. No, well, I'm sure none. They of them have like grabbed it. me. All right, hold on. I'll quit talking. We got a delay here. When I say something, you mute. So I'll just let you talk, okay? Citrus County doesn't like the fact that you've got doesn't have a driver's license, and probably no county in the country likes that too much. But go ahead and let's hear hear the story and see if we can uh, assist you in any way. Okay. Well, so so I decided, um, just based on my research, that I could use a passport as an identification. Um, I, I was divorced um, 10 years ago, and my passport was in my divorce name. Um, so I used that when I did uh, Copper Still, um, uh. Copper Moonshine's passport process. Yes. And so um, uh, I used uh, the uh, the expired passport as my identification, which had the the married name. But I gave them the um, certified copy of my divorce decree where the judge changed my name back to my maiden name without my middle uh, initial. So I'm not the birth certificate name. I'm Cheryl Kissel, according to my divorce decree. And, um, all my, and, and Social Security has changed their information. So that is who I am to them. Um, and, uh, let's see. Uh, and, and I'm, I don't have any government issued ID. So I get, yeah, yeah, okay, so I get this letter from the United States Department of State from the New York Passport Agency, uh, dated July 21. Dear Miss Kissel, thank you for your recent passport app. However, the identification you provided does not show the name you are currently using. Please submit updated identification in the name Cheryl Kissel that you are currently currently using for all purposes. Okay, well, I don't have updated identification in that name. Um, In fact, uh, you know, this year I tackled it with Social Security because, you know, I was old enough to start getting my Social Security check. Okay. So that's my first no identification. Um, okay, so um, it says it appears that from the facts of your birth and the documents you submitted that you are a U.S. citizen and entitled to a U.S. passport. Now, I did. I said I'm not a, a U.S. citizen. You know, you know what Copper Moonshine has on his application. No, no, really, um, uh, so Cheryl. No, I, I don't. I've never really delved into all these other people's approaches and techniques. 
I do know that he instructs oh. people to lie on your passport application. He may not be doing it intentionally, but they take passport fraud very right. seriously up there. What I'm going to suggest that you do, one thing, you don't have any identification from the state of Florida, right? Um, it's expired. What, the driver's license or a passport or what? What's expired? It was no. I've ne- I've never had a driver's license, Roger, okay. in my okay. entire okay. life. I got um, I actually left home when I was sixteen, and I had a permit to drive from Minnesota. Okay. Uh, what I'm going to suggest that you look into first is going to the driver's license division of motor vehicles there in Florida and going in with your divorce decree and your passport and see if you can get them. They have my divorce decree. I don't have it anymore. The passport agency required um, originals, so they have my certified copy. Okay. Well, what I think you should probably... What I think huh? you should, what I think you should probably do first, is to go and see if you can get yourself a Florida issued state identification card. Okay, you go to the motor vehicle okay. department and go in there and tell them you're not looking for a driver's license. You're looking for a state ID. Okay, they've got a whole separate section. Over yes, there. I did have one. It is expired, and and it's expired because um, when I first came here, I used my birth certificate name, and and then the divorce decree came out, and they had canceled out my middle name. Okay. So so they changed my name basically. Okay. Well, I'm I'm sure everybody's about as confused as I am on this. All these name changes and stuff. Go to the Florida Motor Vehicle Division and tell them you need a state-issued ID and ask them what they need to help for you to give them to help them go through that process and issue you one of those. And then you'll have an ID. Okay. Well, all right. So the the challenge is is that I have been to court so many times on no driver's license that uh, that they have suspended my they they called my ID a driver's license and suspended it. So so I, I and I don't know how they can do how that they- because it was never. intended to be a driver's license but they have suspended that number okay so i don't think i can do that well you need to go down and talk to somebody and ask them look everybody needs an id you've i need one what do i have to do to get one and what do i have to do to satisfy your requirements and that's the first thing yeah, I suggest probably that pay you do. a lot of money. Well, I don't know about those things. I mean, yeah. my God, I've been doing this for 12 and a half years. I don't think we've ever come on anybody in your circumstances, okay? Um, so, yeah. you. Roger, what about the affidavits? As proof of her identification. Uh, well, it, it, well, what. Okay, so I buy and sell real estate, and so that requires um, a notary. And so I have friends who have been my witness 
that I am who I am. Okay. And so, well, uh, let me tell you, know, you, two people let me tell notarize you. that I am who I am uh, gets me uh, my notary. Okay. Do you did they tell you in the passport letter that they want six more pieces of identification, or did they just say we're having a problem identifying you? Yeah, it appears from well, I read it to you in a court. Uh, uh, let's see, the identification you provided does not show the name you are currently using. Well, no, because I, I I gave them the expired passport, which has my picture on it, and the divorce decree that changes my name. Did they send you that back? The passport, the expired one. Did they send no. it back? Well, they need to send it back to you. That's usually they do that pretty quickly. Um, you may also want to call the State Department okay. the passport office. Okay. So, wait, whoa, whoa, wait. There, uh, there's more to this letter. They're right. not willing to take a call of any sort. I don't know what to we, tell you to do. We have no Cheryl, one. I have, I, I have no U.S. Cheryl, Cheryl, hold on, okay. I have yes. no idea what to tell you yeah. to do, okay? I'm, we've never come on a circumstance like this. It's just screwed up, okay? So uh, I would go down. I, I, would go, I would go to the Florida Department of Motor Vehicles, tell them you need an ID card, and ask them what you need to provide to them for them to issue you one and see if you can meet those requirements. I have a question, okay. um, I have a for, question. For Cheryl, I wonder if um, if she send in an affidavit before she does all that with the also known names that she's used. That way it shows that she's a national. Uh, Would that do anything? I don't have any idea. Well, you know, my chain of title starts with my birth certificate, and I haven't used any. Um, in fact, I, for a long time, I did not use anything. Uh, I, well, I used my married name, but I didn't change it with Social Security. So, uh, you know, um, I, I, I just used it because... Um, I could. <laughs> and and then um uh my uh, our our accountant uh said that there was a stimulus check from the bushes and that I needed to have my social security um uh corrected into my married name. And then the following year my husband asked for a divorce. So yeah, what a complicated situation I got into. Um, one of our guys, a friend of mine, got the letter back asking for six more uh, different things for ID, a high school yearbook or whatever. And what Harvey ended up doing was that he had – he took the picture that he was uh, 
attaching to the passport application and he went to a printer and he had uh, pages printed off with that picture at the top and then basically if i remember right of kind of a fill in the blanks this person is known to me since yada 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 and then he had all of those notarized so the people that recognized him and he sent 35 of those into the passport office and he got his passport so you may want to think about something like that. I'm sorry, I don't have any more exact things on what he did, but he used affidavits like you said you'd used in your real estate business with other people that recognized you, and he used those, and he sent those into the passport office, and he received his passport. But That's I think a good the, idea. I think the first thing you need to do is go to the Florida Department of Motor Vehicles, tell them you need an ID, there's a lot of confusion, and ask them what they require for them to issue you one of those. And if you can satisfy those requirements, you'll have a state-issued ID. When you do that, take your affidavit in in the process and get them to attach that to your new ID, and then you'll be in the state database as a national. Okay, well, according to them, they can't process me as anything except a U.S. citizen. <sighs> they, I mean, they're, they they're can't. Not a, hold it, hold it. They the can't. Passports they, provide that you may be issued a passport showing you are a U.S. citizen. We are not in a position Cheryl, to or enter into a Cheryl, hold on. So, Cheryl, a passport Cheryl, Cheryl, says Cheryl, right on, on it. Passports on. are only issued to citizens slash nationals. It says that on the passport. It's not up to the the State Department to decide. It's um, SOS. So, and it's up to us. But we send it into SOS. That's why I'm saying she needs to send in her affidavit to Secretary of State first. Well, I don't argue with that at all. I, that's what I was. And, and have it witnessed because my social security does have my name correct with what the uh, with what the uh, change was from the judge and I submitted the uh, marriage the uh, the certified copy of the marriage decree and then uh, they wanted uh, my physician to say that I was known to him that and and I had to be on his letterhead and they changed my name so it was very easy with social security to get my name changed and I didn't think it was going to be difficult with the passport office because um, my my social is already in that name. All right. Well, I, so I think you ought to. That- I think you ought to write the passport office and ask them to return your divorce decree and your expired passport, please. If they won't take calls, I have the expired passport. They copied the expired passport. They didn't. Uh, they didn't I, keep it. I asked you if they sent it back to you, and you said no. No, no. I, I I'm saying that when I went to get the new passport, I went to the county, and the county uh, copied my expired passport as my identification okay well it still is an active id it might not be an open passport but it still can be used as an id so they did the right thing okay 
Yeah, yeah. They didn't have any problem with it. They didn't say, well, you know, they probably won't accept your expired ID. Uh, but obviously, because it had my married name and not my divorce decree name. And see, that's where I think, did they lose the divorce decree? Did it somehow get separated? Cheryl, I've got no idea. I, I'm, I'm having a, my God, Paul your situation's has, incredibly complicated. Okay, Paul had something. Yeah, I know, I know. So, Paul, what do you, oh, you got? Uh, okay, so I hold on, Cheryl. I, that's what I was thinking is that I should do the affidavit to the Secretary of State. Get my, hold on, my witness. Yeah, Cheryl, Cheryl, hold on. Hold on, just as a, we're going to have to we're going to have to deal with this just like eating an elephant. Take it one bite at a time. So let's focus on one issue. You have your expired passport, right? So you have yeah. identification in your hand, but it's not yeah. in your name. So the first order of business is your no no wait. The first order of business is you're going to send a letter to the Secretary of State asking for the return of your certified marriage decree. That's the that's that's there, job one. Where okay? was the divorce? Where was okay. the divorce in Florida? Uh, no, Texas. Okay, well they'll have a copy of that divorce decree on file in Texas, wherever it was. So you can also maybe access it that way. I understand, but yes. this was my certified copy by the the, the clerk. Well, of court. I, well, ask him to get you so, another certified copy if you can't get it back from the State Department or if they lost it. Right, right, right. Okay, yes. Uh, okay, okay. I got it. And I understand that I can get another certified. What you? I, I understand. Okay, I understand done. that, Roger. But, but I don't think, I, I mean, you know, hold on, the Cheryl, State hold Department um, is going to have a, an issue. Uh, hold on, please. Cheryl, you're trying to take too many bites of the elephant at one time. You're fretting over you're sweating over the details. You've got to take your issue because it's so complex. You've got to take it one bite at a time. You need okay. local identification with the name that you're using. That's what you need. Now, in order to get that, you're going to need a wait. Now, in order to get that, you're going to need a sort of, you've got to wait. You can't, you can't talk over people. Okay. In order to get that, you have to get a certified copy of your divorce decree. So you're going to reach out to Texas and you're going to get that. You can also send a letter to the State Department asking for your certified copy back. If they lost it, you've already got one coming from Texas, so there's no harm and no foul. Once you have that paperwork, then you can go and get a Florida State ID. Now, they will still give you the card because I don't know how they managed to suspend it, but you definitely need identification. The state requires you to have identification. The state requires you to present identification to a cop that arrests you for any reason. If you have identification, you have to present it. So the state cannot deny you that. Ask them what you have to do to get it. Go and then once you have your state ID, 
Then you can take that to your passport office and you can have them make a certified copy of it and to send it in to the State Department as another piece of identification. And then next thing you know, you'll have your passport and your passport card. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So I, 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 all right. So honestly, um, I have been looking for 20 years about how to get out of the system. And, and Roger has the answer with his affidavit. So I would prefer to do the affidavit first. Well, you can do that. And then send that to the passport agency. Uh, you're going to include it in the passport application anyway. It, it, that's, that's what it, you're doing there is getting a sponsored ID with that affidavit behind it. Okay. But for, you can send a cold one to the secretary of state. There's no problem on that. They can't refuse it. But they can refuse it in the passport process. So you need to get your little duckies in a row and go get you a Florida State ID and find out what's required by them and satisfy it. Then you've got an ID where okay. you can where you can proceed down the process. Okay. All right. So. Um... Okay. Well, this is a very complicated issue, and um, I don't, I don't know that that you, you know, I told you for twenty years I have been searching for a way out. I thought I found it with the the uh, government of the United States, um, which uh, what did issue me an ID card. Uh, I, I did a social compact with them, and for years I have been left alone. I did have an ID, but it, you know, when I went to get Cheryl, it renewed, Cheryl, you're focusing uh, on the wrong thing. You're focusing on the wrong thing. You need to get okay, you know, wrap your mind around according to them. Right. But, I mean, but we're, you know, I have several documents. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just, let, just let her talk. Okay, so, you, so you, you had an ID and you used it for many years and they left you alone. And then when you went to renew it, they said what? Well, the government of the United States of America said that um, they did not want to uh, uh, take my payments anymore uh, because when I tried to buy their currency and they didn't deliver it, I uh, disputed it with PayPal. So now I'm persona non grata. They won't take my payment. So... So, yeah, so that was their way of, like, saying, well... Who won't take your payment, Cheryl? The the government of the United States of America. Okay, Okay. a payment for what? Payment. I'm not talking about... Okay, I'm talking about an entity that stepped up. uh, uh, Have you heard of the T. Rowe Show? No, I have haven't. any of you heard of the T. Rowe show? No. Reign of the Heavens. That's no. what it stands for, the Reign of the Heavens. Okay. Okay. Well, I can tell you one thing from being in this okay, 31 I, years. I there's a, there's a ton of myths and disinformation out there. Okay. 
There, uh, yes, sir. I, I I thought I had done my due diligence. I'm telling you, I have uh, scorned so many groups that call themselves patriots because I do do my research. But what they were telling me seemed right. Okay, so it, it, just like what you're telling me, it, well, that seems that's better than what they I, were saying. Well, I, you see, <laughs> I don't. I I, 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 t- I point you to facts that you can go check. Okay. So did they. So did they. And in fact, that's what the T row. It, it, it's on YouTube. The T row show. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they point out the facts too. And and so I believe that they were they were um, operating as a true government. Um, they had their own currency. They um, they um, they had not been. They, they were basically coming from the law of nations, and they did a social compact. You know, America has not done a social compact with their citizens. Therefore, they're not really a nation. You have to do a social compact. And in fact, if you read uh, George Washington's biography, when he dies, he had the law of nations on his bedstand. He hadn't read it. He hadn't fully read it. And, and as you know, he wasn't the first president either of America. I think we're in, in talking about getting you a passport and seeing about get, getting you straight. Please go to the Department of Motor Vehicles in Florida. Tell them your situation and that you need an ID and ask them what you okay. need to provide to them. To, to, oh, God. Don't argue. A clerk of the court. Oh, the damn driver's license division. Yes, yes. The driver's license division is, is through the clerk of the court. No, it is not. It is not. The clerk of the court is involved with the court, not the driver's license issuance. IDs are listened, issued through the Department of Motor Vehicles in Florida. I know. I got one. Okay. Okay, yes, sir. So you All do right. that and see what happens okay. there and then come back. But, but your situation is incredibly confusing, Cheryl. Okay. She, she needs to stop listening and learning from those other people and learn with us if she's going to oh. do it correctly and accurately. Yes, I, and and actually, I have, I have, I have stopped listening and learning from those other people. And and uh, you know, I was I was also looking at the Republic. Okay, it's uh, a different group and they were they, they, their education I thought was really good but, but nobody should know how to get you out of the system there's nobody understands this okay that's because nobody understands it's the feudal system if they knew it was the feudal system the remedy is incredibly easy you just volunteer out okay it's because they don't understand yeah. all this stuff Okay. Everybody's got some of the puzzle, but nobody, to my knowledge, but us has the whole puzzle put together. Okay. So let's talk. Roger, I because I've been studying you you for days. I have been studying you for days. The only question that I have. 
Cheryl, um, I'm sorry. I had to mute you for a moment so Roger could actually get his point across. Trying you to have get to my wait sanity. until he stops talking. So go ahead, Roger. Okay, Cheryl, go, go do that next week, Monday. Go down there and ask them what they need from you to issue you a Florida State ID. And it sounds like that in your correct name. And that would probably start you down the path to success here. But that's what you got to get critically first, it seems to me. Hey, Roger. Yeah. Running, Frank. Well, well, there's Ken. Is that second. Ken? Oh, that was Ken. Ken. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I have a suggestion. She has two witnesses that witness on her notary contracts for real estate why don't you just take them go down to an attorney's office or wherever you go and say hey change my name back to my birth certificate name boom end of story and then start over again with all your ids and everything else and remove the problem let's find let's let's find out what the state needs to issue her a florida state id then she can go scurry around and get all that done okay okay i'm gonna unmute her and bring her back okay i just had one question for you roger when you say feudal are you saying F-E-U-D? Yes, the feudal system. It's got a thousand okay. years of uh, legal precedent. Okay. That's my only question for you. I heard what you said, and I will make that. Uh, well, I can't go anywhere because I, ha- I don't have. Um, I, I, I'm not supposed to be driving. Okay, Uh, so I can't go anywhere, but I will make the phone call on Monday and I'll actually have an answer by 11 o'clock because they open at 830 for phone calls. All right. Well, whatever their answer is, just see if you can provide that and satisfy them and get a Florida State ID issued to you. Okay, I have a feeling that they're going to try to embezzle from me a lot of money. Yeah, you know, you know how much I paid for mine? No. $4. Okay, yeah. I, okay. I kind of doubt that mine will be that. But I'll, on Monday, I'll be able to tell you. I think. Um, because I'll be on your call at 11 o'clock on Monday, and I will have the answer by 9 o'clock on Monday. Okay. Okay. I can't go anywhere. I have to hitchhike if I'm going anywhere. Make it noon on Monday. The first hour of the show is on the Itera wand. So from 12 to 1, your time. Well, we open um, the questions. And Frankie and Ron are waiting. Are they? Okay. Are Frankie and Ron going to be as complicated? No. I've had an Itera wand for over a year. Okay. Good deal. All right, well, let's go on to Frankie and uh, Cheryl. You go get find out from them what is required. See if you can provide it, and then we'll have a a first foundational step for you. I think. I think. Okay. Uh, who who yeah, else? Who else has got 
Hell, I want to go back to bed. Who else has got something going on this morning? <laughs> Hello, Ken. Hello, Ken. Ken? Oh, well, Ken's with us, but we got... It takes me a half hour to unmute. Well, okay. How you doing, Ken? We haven't talked to you in a long time. Oh, pretty good. Just uh, lots going on here, trying to to grow things and raise things and um, deal with the heat and the wild... Wicked weather. Right. Hot in Texas. Hot everywhere, I guess. Yeah, there's so much nonsense that's happened uh, since we last spoke. And now, I mean, politically and economically and socially, it's almost ridiculous. But it's basically just more of the same. (laughs) You know, the never-ending nonsense. Yep. Well, we're glad to see you back with us, my friend. It's been, a, as you said, a while. Um, you never know. You know, people well, come around here. I've been trying to listen. It's yeah. just that the, the time frame is, is prime time for me because uh, I can work till about noon, and then it's just too hot for me, at least. Take a siesta. And so that's a critical Take yeah, a... two hours of my day. And so I've been trying to listen, but... Eurofolk has been Euroflop and um, has it? Has it? What's wrong with Euro? Really difficult. What's wrong with Eurofolk? Uh, I get a lot of echoes, or it doesn't work. Um, really? A rent hasn't worked in like months, three months. I well, two months. I, li- I listened to him the other night on his player. Rent? Yes. On, on Eurofolk. No, no, no. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, you mean on Eurofolk? No, I need to reach out. And, you know, Paul didn't, yeah. Paul one doesn't stay on top of that, and something happens and it gets knocked off. Uh, so I just listen on Rince's player anymore, but I'll try and drop him an email or an IM on that, see if he can get that straight. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I, I, I have to bite my tongue every once in a while because yeah. I'll be listening and wanting to chime in. And, uh, you know, by the time I get off Eurofolk and try to dial in, whatever, you know, it's long past yeah, uh, well, that issue and the conversation. Why don't you start, but, tapping, um, why don't you start tap, yeah. tapping into the conference rooms? Then you can listen. And if you want to participate, you can hit star six and join us. So that may be an alternative for you. Well, I, had, I was behind on the conference call thing. I just, that's, you know, what I came in on today, um, uh, uh, because of, uh, telco issues, but, uh, I was doing the web thing before. Yeah. Um, but gosh, there's been, I'm, I'm all squared away again now, so I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. And, uh, today it's already hot outside. So I just came back in and, uh, decided to well, take a listen. And then when I heard all that, I, it was just driving me crazy because it seemed to me so simple to just go have your name changed again. How hard could that be? 
Uh, some of it can be very difficult, <laughs> I guess. Uh, you had any more interaction with your judge buddy out there? No. Um, I kind of dropped all of that. Um, I, I really, um, it didn't go over well in this small town environment, but apparently there's a lot of people who are doing it via alternative uh, methodologies, you know, the 30, 40 page packets and stuff like that. And so I know there's interest in it. I don't understand why, but uh, I've, I've checked around with him and with other people that I made acquaintances with around here. And I'm still the only one. Oh, well, welcome to the only one. Yeah, well, a lot of our folks relate to that, Ken. Uh, Just keep trying. Uh, But uh, it's it's really interesting. There's a lot of stuff I want to say, but I just don't feel comfortable saying it to the world. Um, A lot of interesting things have happened and continue to happen, and uh, it's... uh, feeling the pressure really big. So uh, what that exactly means, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I have a pretty good idea. And it has to do with uh, people that are in uh, secret clubs, (laughs) you know, they have their own matrix and they uh, follow the corporate note, tote the corporate note, whatever, and you know they get told one thing, and um, uh, you know why would they believe me over them? You know their uh, hierarchy. Yeah, and so it's a really tough nut to crack because just about everybody here is involved in that deeply. In, so, in, in, um, well, you're you're being very nondescript, and it's hard to get what you're saying. Are you talking about David Strait and Anna Von Wright's groups, or what, Ken? Uh, well, those, yeah, when the people doing the packet things, but it's the Freemasons, the Masons. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure they're hardcore. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure they got their tentacles Mason. pretty deep into all these towns, you know. Uh, and you being in a small oh, town, it's, huge. it's probably more acute, actually. So anyway, well, uh, nothing I can do for you about that. Uh, but let me, I got these other folks. No, here. I understand that. They've got a passport problem of some sort, and I want to get to them. So let me, good to hear your voice. Glad you could join us. Sorry you're having to go through all that. And, you know, uh, it's a, as a somebody I used to work with said, it's a doggy doggy world, okay? Um, so join us. When well, you that's can. why I didn't want to get into it too much. Cause you know, it makes it, I don't want to sound like I'm whining. Um, but I'm still hanging in there and I still try to talk to people and I know you need to move on, but you ask questions. So I was trying well, to answer, but well, no, I, uh, think I apologize that's a, for being oh, around the bushes. Yeah. They're just coming out and saying it. That's okay. I think that's a good suggestion to Cheryl. It might be a good option for her. Uh, while we got time and we're on the air, let's see if we can get these other folks. Who was it, Mirka, Ron, and, and who? Frankie. 
get Ron and Frankie. Ron and Frankie, are you guys still there, or have you gone off to get a milkshake somewhere? Yeah, yeah we're still here. Hey, Ron. Hi. Hi, Frankie. How are you doing? Hi, Roger. How are you? Well, I'm all right today, I think. What, what is going on with y'all's process that we may can help you with? <laughs> well, how about a denial letter for uh, identification that we provided are non-sufficient for passport purposes? Okay. And I must, this is, please submit photocopies of five or more personal documents with yeah. a five years old order, older. Yeah. Five years old or older? Yes. Is this and, for, and, yeah, I, 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 go ahead. Is this for both of you, or did just one of you get this? I got this one. Okay, what about Frankie? I got a rejection letter for my name because I went through a name change, so... Okay. Well, Mine's I can, a little bit different than I, his. I can understand them doing that, okay, if it's unclear. As for the five IDs, uh, and they say it has to be five years old or older, that's the first time I believe I've heard that wrinkle. Yeah, it says, it says uh, thank you for your recent passport application. However, the identification you provided is not sufficient for passport purposes. Okay. When we were there, Roger, he gave everything they asked for, and the lady double-checked and said it looked good. The only thing he gave, which I know is still um, okay, was an, an expired driver's license. No, expired and that's one of the things they're asking for in these five years or older documentation. It's The first thing they ask for is records with photograph, valid or expired. The first one is driver's license. And I said, you gave them that. And it was only years expired. California. <laughs> Wow. Well, I've never heard this five years or older thing. Um, why don't you contact them and ask them if you can do an administrative appeal? Um, because it says they only accept correspondence by mail. No. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, well, then write them, a, write them a letter back. Tell them you provided what they required and ask them for an administrative appeal and see what they say. Okay. And, and that's what we were, that's the direction we were going. But I have, I have a dealer's, an expired dealer's license. I have expired business. I was going to drown them with everything. Well, well, I then, well then do that. Go back. If you've got access to those things, go back and send them that and see how they react. And the affidavits. And we, we did. We, we did everything according and in the direction you said, send it in cold and then attach all the stuff. We went according to your directions. Right. Well, I mean, it's the best directions we know. We've had to fumble this just by learning as we go forward. But uh, that I, I would write them back. Say, or if you say you've got, do you've got the paperwork to re, to fulfill what they're requiring for you? It expired. Correct. This well, send it to them. 
No, that, that well, that's the direction I was going to go to to start. But you get frustrated, but I'm like, they want it, they're going to get it. I'm more of that type. Well, dude, well, that's what Harvey did. You know, he said, you want six more a piece of identification? I'm going to give you 35. Okay. There, there you go. See? Um, Roger, could we also, whether it's family members, friends, acquaintances, not acquaintances, family members, friends, or people that have known us, Yes, um, that's what Harvey did. That's what Harvey. Could we do letters for well, them too? That, no, you don't want to do letters. You want to do an affidavit, uh, and that's what Harvey did. I wish I could remember exactly how he had it worded, but he took the picture that he was putting into the passport package, and he went to a printer. Okay, and he had a form printed with that picture on it, and the verbiage was: "This person blank has been known to me since blank." And then they got it notarized. He sent them 35 of those. His brother's got 15 children and 45 grandchildren. So he had an ample supply of people to do that. Okay. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to include uh, my uh, current paycheck stub along with my last paycheck from my, my previous employer three, two years ago, because there's a two more pieces right there. And well, in fact, uh, four years ago, that was before I left California, I got that stuff. Right. That's three. Well, Ron, pile them all together and send it back to them and say, it appears I've satisfied your requirements. Send me my damn passport I paid for. And then, of course, not to make this a long, uh, drawn-out call, but it also says they've got to put that little trick in your side at the end. It says, it appears the facts of your birth and documents you submitted that you are a U.S. citizen and entitled to a passport. And then they bring in the 14th Amendment, Roger, Uh and they say that they have no authority to issue a passport showing you other than anything other than a U.S. citizen. So they're going with that garbage, Well, the the passport says on it they're only issued to U.S. citizens slash nationals. So if you want to address that paragraph, since they quoted, does it say at the end of that paragraph, except by operation of law? Uh, declaration yes except well it says uh as supreme law of our land it cannot be waived by unilateral declaration except as otherwise provided by law that's right well they're talking about vattel's law nations there and you should address them back and say is vattel's law of nations lawful enough for you Every man has the right of personal political self-determination. And then underneath that, you should say you quoted the 14th Amendment and then put the 14th Amendment does not say are subject to the jurisdiction thereof. It says and. More more bluff crap from these damn slave and bastards. Okay. Yep. So, I think that's what it is. I think it's a delay tactic. It's no, making no. you jump through more hoops, well, that's, I, and it's also a bluff to get you to think, well, that's not going to work anyway. That's right. So Correct. that's what I do. Go get the things they're requiring. If you've got if you've got access to them, address that letter. Include your affidavit again with the package, and point out to them on that specific paragraph that the Fourteenth Amendment does not say are subject to the jurisdiction thereof. It says and subject. Okay, and Vattel says that I can live under any set of laws I want to. You want me to quote that to you again? 
every man has the uh, right every man has the right of personal political self-determination please refer to the enclosed affidavit hey rogers bruce all right bruce hold on let's make sure we get this straight okay you got that frankie I am writing it down, darling. Okay. Now, Bruce, what did you have to add? I would also copy what you sent to the, to the secretary, I mean, to the uh, passport people, a copy of exact information and package to your, your House of Representatives and write a letter to him saying, I've well, been having trouble with the passport. You know, listen, that's people, an idea. You please Don't. help. Well, do you know where – are you close to your uh, uh, your uh, Ohio representative's uh, office? Um, I don't – I am not really sure, Well, Roger. you might well, fi- reach out and find out whoever your representative is, where their office is. They've got an office in the state, probably multiple ones if they've got a big enough district, and go see them in person. We had a couple of people that did that and, and got – got this uh, streamlined okay so there's another option for you okay okay daniel fish is one of them he was having all kinds of trouble getting a passport he uh sick the uh the uh representative on him and but a bing but a boom i think he would did he go to the, did he go to the rep or did he go to the senate senator's office i don't remember uh, i'm not See, sure well I'm he not went sure. to, you go to every representative you have one or two of them and, and use that if they give you any problems but it sounds like if you've got those documents ron you've got their obstacle uh hurdle already yeah i, I keep all that stuff because you right. just never know great great well if you've got it satisfy them see if they send it to you if they don't we'll come back and have a discussion okay all right sounds good okay okay all right good that one's pretty simple Cheryl's now. Is a Thank bit. you, Roger. Well, you're welcome. I mean, the best we can do is just suggest stuff to you. I don't know how the interoperation of the damn passport bureaucracy works. We can only find out by dealing with them from the outside over the years. And that paragraph you read, though, has been in every single bluff letter that we've ever gotten from those people. But it's always the first paragraph. Here it looks like they put it at the bottom. Yes. As a matter of fact, they have a big, after they give him all the documents they needed, and if it's not in English and another language, they wanted a translation service provided. Anyways, then it has this big bold in capital letters that says, also, comma, and they give that whole paragraph. Okay. It's at the end of the letter. Okay, well, take it and shove it right back up their barracks bag, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'd like to shove more than that. I'm sure all of us would help. Uh, So it sounds like we got you guys, we got you pointed in a direction of satisfaction, right? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Roger? Yes, yes. Yeah, hey, Roger, this is Dwayne. Hey, Dwayne, how you doing? I I was listening to the, I was listening. Doing good, sir. You know, um, I'm on a, you know how uh, Crocodile Dundee did a walkabout? I'm doing a driveabout. I had to get out of New Orleans. But I was listening to your show about talking to you 
talking about Pistol Pete Maravich yeah. and had a couple other points. Um, Dale Brown actually went through every shot that Pistol Pete ever took. Dale Brown was his coach at LSU. Yes. And said that he looked at the, the three-point uh, line hadn't been implemented at that, that point of that's Pistol's cor- that's correct. Uh, career in college. Yes. And he, so Dale Brown went back through and said that had the three-point play been in effect, that it looked like his um, points per game average would have been about 55 points per game hey, instead of like the 42 there, or 44 that it was. There's never been anybody so, like him. That was pretty interesting. There's never been anybody like no, him. No, they hadn't. And then he also, the uh, New Orleans had a, a early NBA franchise yes. back in the early 70s, the like 73, 74. He played on that franchise for a year before it got shifted to the Utah Jazz. Was it the New Pelicans? Jazz. What, so he it played the, ball in New Orleans professionally. Wasn't it the Pelicans? Isn't that what they called them? No, it was the New Orleans Jazz. It's oh, the Pelicans okay. today. Yeah, we got another franchise oh, okay. for it 30 it years later or something. Right. But back then it was the New Orleans Jazz, and it's... then that's, they sold the franchise to the Utah Jazz. Right. That's why the Jazz got one showed of, up in Utah. One of my... So, and then the other thing is he's he's the only white guy, at least up to that point, that the um, Harlem Globetrotters actually tried to draft onto their team. Right. No, he was a phenom, you know, a, a very honored. He was. I didn't know him very well, but I got to meet him and be around him a couple of times. And I can tell you this, you know. Yeah, I didn't well, know. I just. Well, those days in Baton Rouge, they didn't have his his gym built yet, you know. And they used to play all the basketball games in the Cow Palace over there where they'd hold rodeos and stuff. You uh-huh. know? And back then, of course, freshmen could not play. And so. The, for the Cow Palace, for the freshman games, it'd be totally jam-packed, and the varsity would come out and everybody would leave. <laughs> that's true, man. Well, and and that's what they, uh, they, you know, one of the things that was funny was wherever he played on the road, oh, like yeah. at Auburn or wherever, yeah. they um, the student body was so packed to get into the stadium Correct. that if reporters and you know, people like that showed up that students actually passed the reporters above their heads because the, they couldn't walk through. They had to pass them to the front of the line, like, you know. Well, you know, uh, Dwayne. I mean, I gotta, pick them up and pass them over their heads. I got, an inter- I got an interesting that story on that. My my buddy, now deceased, my good Patriot buddy, Ron Brown, was went to University of Georgia and was a big Georgia supporter, of course. And he, he, we were talking about Maravich, and he said, you know, I was in school when the uh, same time I was, you know. And he said when when Maravich played in Athens, that him and his dad went, you know, and because his dad wanted to go see him too. Mm-hmm. And so they played the game, and it ended up in a tie. And in the overtime, they threw the ball to Maravich. He did a five-minute one-man dribbling exhibition and did a hook shot from midcourt and swished the net to win the game. 
Uh, he, he did that hook shot more than once, and one of them were close to halftime when he was in the pros. You know, I mean, he was just—he was amazing. And the nice thing about it is, is he got but, out, of, um, out of basketball, and he went on to become a very strong Christian. And for the people that missed this the other day, uh, he uh, he died of a heart attack in a pickup basketball game out at a Christian retreat in California. And when they did his autopsy. His heart only had three chambers. He had been born with yeah, that, no, yeah, not one medical exam in all the college and all the pros ever picked that up. Rogers, Bruce? Yeah, Bruce. His father was a coach at Clemson University. Oh, yeah. oh basketball. absolutely. And, yep, and... Um, this is before he got over to uh, LSU. Anyway, his name was Press. So he would go Press, to the movies. Press Maravich was his father's name. Yeah, he, he when he would go to the movies and on Saturday uh, afternoon, on yep. afternoon, yep, he had the basketball bouncing in the in the, uh, when he was sitting down. He was he was he, dribbling the basketball. He, he would have his father. The, he would have his father put the tailgate down on. They had some sort of a vehicle with a tailgate, and he would sit on the tailgate and dribble the basketball off the road all the way to the theater and back from the theater. He, he was an amazing guy. While in the theater, yeah, I, well. I wouldn't surprise me at all. He was a hell of a guy, though. He's very shy. Uh, uh, you know, but he had an alcohol problem, and his father had an alcohol problem too, and that was uh, part of what gave him a lot of problems. But yeah, I was very honored. Dwayne. He went to LSU. We yes. all had an alcohol problem <laughs> <laughs> at LSU. You know. <laughs> yes, I remember. Uh, uh, South Louisiana. You know, that's how you beat the heat down here. Um, <laughs> but I've got one other thing. I I got to talk to Baron a couple times this week. Oh, good. And I he. Based on our conversation, yeah, we did a, uh, I did a, a dive into the um, voting laws here in the state. Right. And it turns out that by law and revised statute, Louisiana revised statute, eight, section 18, uh, one, oh, subsection 104, they actually say that only U.S. citizens can vote in Louisiana. Wow. Well, you know so what? You know, we you, have to go to the legislature or possibly the, 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 the registrar board could may also be a way to breach it, but send them a notice that they're discriminating against yeah. a class, a political class Absolutely. Of, of electors or you voters. See, I'm glad you brought that up because it's been on my mind here lately. And I've been wanting to talk about it a little bit as I kind of develop it in my mind. And I, Barron's call and his actions over there, what kind of initiated this. Um, and I, I would encourage all of you, and we've t- said go to the locals. Excuse me, my stomach's wanting to hiccup on me. Go to the local supervisor of elections and present your affidavit. Look, I'm not a citizen of the United States anymore, and I want to, I want to participate. I'm, I should be qualified to politi- to participate because I've got political rights. Citizens of the United States don't have political rights. They've just got civil rights, okay? And I want to participate. How do I participate? They can't st- I don't know what they'd have to bend over backwards to do to say you can't participate in a country where you've got a legitimate status, okay? But it really exacerbates. 
if it's in the statutes, Roger, wouldn't I mean that actually takes it out of the locals' hands, and you got to go to the legislature to get no. that. To, well, you know, to wouldn't that well, be? Well, yes, like it's something you ought to talk to your representatives about. But what you need to get before you go talk to them, you need to get a definitive answer out of the Secretary of State who oversees elections. No, this person cannot participate. Then you go to the legislature. Okay. But that's why I like what Barron's doing on contacting the legal guy up there and trying to straighten him out. I dropped Barron a, 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 an email and said, you know, he's, he he took the head fake like Ron Avery, that attorney at, at, state, at Secretary of State of Louisiana, on thinking this is American Samoans. And I wrote Barron a little thing. I said, a national owes total allegiance to a small less state. A non-citizen national owes total allegiance to the U.S. Well, and Byron, from what I understand, Byron did that, like you said, and then like a day or two later, Byron called the same attorney, and the same attorney had done more homework and actually, from what Byron described, recognized a small s, little s, and was a little more um, amenable. amenable to the uh-huh. fact that the, the attorney had done more home had done more homework, but then that's where it came up that the law the laws actually are only for U.S. citizens, and that's when I went and dug in because Barron wanted me to call the attorney too, and I said, "Well, I want to know what I'm doing," so that's when I went and looked up the voting laws and found the section that said literally. 18, you've got to be 18 years of age or older, and you must be a U.S. citizen to be able to vote in the state. Well, then this here's just an idea. Why don't you guys think about doing a lawsuit for the Secretary of State on discrimination of voting? Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking, yeah. Roger? Yes. Mr. Bruce again. Um, now, let me put this concept through to you, and you react to it. We have all the rights of U.S. citizens, but not their penalties. I'll buy that. You've got more rights. Than the US. You got more rights than a U.S. citizen because you got exactly. political rights, saying. and don't, they don't have them. We don't have the penalties they do. Right. Um, hey, Roger. Hey, is that Bob? Hey, Bob. Roger. Bob. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice. Yeah. That's a nice. Uh, Nice thought, Bruce. I like it. I would put it as I have all of the abilities and none of the – I have more abilities and none of the disabilities. Um, What happens when you apply the idea that – I think it's what in the INA that it says that all citizens are are national. Right. Well, see, So if you apply that thought, if you apply that thought and put that in front of their face and say, look, is this one of those rectangle and square things where, you know, one is the other, but the other isn't the one, or what's going on here? But it sure is open to interpretation. Well, it's outright. Discrimination. Well, it's, yeah, outright, no, it's outright discrimination, um, period. Okay. And that's what you. That's can, what it is. It's discrimination. You can hold their feet to yeah. the fire on this. I would think if you guys want to get together and do a. a you might want to have some more conversations with this attorney, okay? But just say, listen, if we can't, we're going to sue you, okay? Because you're we're being discriminated against here when we really do have political rights. Shows you what a charade the whole damn federal government is, doesn't it? 
the federal government and now the state government, because it's right. a state's right issue, right? Uh, other than for federal federal elections. But see, we're going to get answers by pressing the envelope, and the more, the deeper I think about it, see, um, if there was an, I don't know how many of us are out there. You know, I got no idea how many people listen, how many people are familiar with this. If you come on the show, we talk. I know you. If you don't, I don't know you. Okay. But if we would all take this to our individual states and start putting a full port court press on this right here, you're going to scare the crap out of these people because they got a big election next year. And if Roger. you see, the thing in my mind is that if you're not a citizen of the United States and a voter, you got to be an elector. That's what they're trying to keep you out of right there because the electors pull the strings. If we could get enough of our people to find some kind of an answer here and get over in that electors column like John and Glenn did 30 years ago somehow, you know, we it, it could it, it'll scare the hell out of them and it may even could have an impact next year because there's not a whole lot of electors. Okay, and they can't stop you well, and, from, you know, here's the other point you want to and, use on that guy. If I can't register to vote, I can't participate locally. We're not even talking about the presidential election. We're talking about your local area where all politics is local. Just for the dog catcher council, everybody. Uh, Sheriff, et cetera. Okay. Roger. You're, hold on, America. You're prohibiting me from participating in something that I've got a legitimate, lawful, and legal right to participate in. What's going on? Yes, America. So that's why I brought up the question the other day. It's like it's a big discrimination issue with for all nationals in yes, the country. Absolutely. And it's not just a local level or um, state level. It's country. Uh, everything that they're holding back on purpose. Um, it's there for us, but it's. They're making it hard for us to access it. Well, uh, that's why we need to get some uh, some more definitive information and put some of these facts in front of them and go, why can't I participate? Hey, Roger. Yeah. Um, you know, this this reminds me of uh, when the Democrats uh, basically canceled the votes of uh, the Bernie supporters. Right. And, and at the end of the day, they said, you know, we can, we can do whatever we want because it's private, right? This might be a situation where this is, they actually own this. It's a private organization and we are, in a sense, you know, legally excluded from it. Well, and, uh, you know, and since you don't receive the benefit, you shouldn't owe the duty. Don't you think that might be a nice topic to be discussed at every Secretary of State's office in every state in the country? Yeah. Hey, Roger. Gary. The state of Montana's constitution specifically says electors, says nothing about voters. Right. And see, so I, 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 I would encourage people. I would encourage people to look at their state constitutions. And see what the verbiage is, because as we know, they use obfuscation and word trickery to fool us. So in my mind, an elector that's in the Constitution is not a voter that goes and votes. That's right. So anyway, the the way we're going to And that get... could be part of the part of the ne- part of the nexus of at the they 
passed a law. I've got to go look at the Constitution. I will do that. That's a good idea. And the other thing I wanted to, and um, because to see if there's any conflict there or alignment. And then the other thing that I thought was, you know, people that are in other states and, and jurisdictions that are trying to register to become an elector um, as a national, they may want to go look up the laws and see if there are any laws that specifically spell it out like Louisiana uh, state revised statutes do, just as an idea to see where they're standing in their state. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see everybody start doing something. I mean, you know, it's nice to be free, but if we want to get answers to this, everybody's going to have to do to do something here to contribute, okay? I mean, I can teach you. I can spend all these years figuring this out, and I can answer a bunch of questions, but I can't do these types of things right here. we got to work as a team, and everybody's got to do it. So my suggestion would be, as a first step, write a short letter to the Secretary of State of your state, find out who is in charge from the legal department of elections. The Secretary of State handles all the elections in all the states, okay? And find out who the legal person is and write them a letter, include your affidavit, and just say, I've changed, recently changed my status with the Secretary of State. I still want to participate and how do I participate? I'm no longer a citizen of the United States and not ca- cannot be categorized as a voter, but I want to participate. And put that hot potato in their lap. See how they respond. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's what we've been talking about. Yeah, no, we've, been, we've just had the conversation. It's been two days, and I've been processing how do I, how do I word it because it needs to go to that attorney. And then CC some some comps, some and, legislate, uh, and, legislators. I'll tell you what. And the governor. And, and Jeff Landry, the attorney general. Copy them on it. Just because. Copy them on that letter. Yeah. And you see you and Barron and Byron, Mike could write that letter, all three of you together. You could say, submit it individually. Yeah, no, that's or you could submit it collectively and let them know, hey, there's at least three of us here in the state. No, I, yeah, well, and I, and as we get that done, because I'll do that, um, I'm going to be traveling this week. But I'll start putting it together in my mind and then start putting it on paper and send it to Barron and Byron to let them look at. And then if, if when we get something to that point of mailing it, um, into these guys and gals, I will send you a copy so you can see what we're okay. doing. It'd be great. And, 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 and literally, what? this is something you guys could go together or individually and, 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 and bring a lawsuit against them, too, for discrimination. Yeah, well, that came up in our conversation earlier this, you know, during the week, too. So, All right. Um, well, that's all I got. I just wanted to okay. let you know that we okay. made, some, made some inroads and insights on this. this there problem. is no lawful reason that you should not be able to participate in elections. But now they got their little scheme set up here, and now we understand it a lot better. Let's press the envelope on their scheme. Uh, look. I don't have a problem with pressing in the envelope, you know. So, all right, guys. Yeah, let's, you, let's, we'll see where it goes from here right. for sure. Always love Roger. to hear. Always, hey, Roger. Love, always love to hear that accent, Dwayne. Marcus first, then Abram. Go ahead. Yeah, you're right. Go ahead, Marcus. Roger. It's nice to hear that Dwayne and Byron and Barron hit the hit the floor running. Yep. Um, as soon as they connected, it's awesome. I love it. Yep. 
Um, there's a new student, um, the new student, Hassana, you, you've talked to her already and she's been waiting to jump in. She has a question too. Okay. Well, let me, Hosanna, just wait, wait a second. Let's hear what Abram has and we'll go to Hosanna. Abram. Hey, Roger, I'm starting to have, I'm, I'm kind of suspicious that maybe the state laws don't apply to the nationals as we've understood it. And that maybe we, we have this allegiance to the old state. As well, in Minnesota state, all, all the or, state, uh, all the state, state, all the state laws are written for residents. I promise you. Yep, or citizens. Everything in Minnesota is written for citizens, right? And exactly. I couldn't find anything in there That's, about any nationals, and so yeah. uh, well, you know, the voting explicitly says for citizens. You know, you have to be a, a resident of the state for at least. Uh, 30 days right. and a citizen. Right. And that's it. Right. Well, I, I'm, I'm a national and I still want to participate because I care about who rules over me locally. How do I participate? All of you start going to your secretary of state and pressing the envelope on this. Get some yeah, answers I, I back. Detail in the memorandum of law to the court. So I, I've already put this into the court, you know, okay. on record in my memorandum of law. So oh, good. Uh, we'll include that you in know, your letter. Not, I'm not pushing the issue about voting. I'm just pushing the issue about, you know, do these laws apply? How can you, you know, when, when we're settling this, you know, my circumstances, my divorce, how will this impact me now that I have a different status? Yes. It's kind of an ugly topic, but, uh, well, and it's in the, Roger, it's my contention that as a national, you go back to your organic state constitution. So my question was, what was Gary looking at in Idaho? His organic or his corporate constitution? I have no idea. Well, the Minnesota, Minnesota no, is the organic Gary, statutes at Gary, large. Gary, but they also Montana. Specify. Gary Montana. Yep. No, uh, right. I'm talking, yep. So, well, look, if ever press the Secretary of State's office. If nothing else, you're going to raise their antenna, Okay. I mean, part of our job on this is exposing this whole scam to these people that are highly educated that don't have any damn idea what's going on. Right. And they might be allies even. We don't know. We don't know. Okay. So, Hosanna. uh, All right. Yes. Yeah. Sorry to jump in. This is Dave from South Alabama. I've been listening to this conversation. And. And if you if you remember, uh, I had uh, gone to our local supervisor of election uh, for our county, right? And she she is actually allowing us she's actually allowing us to vote, although she did file our affidavits in our an electronic record in their system, the way she described it. Okay. So strangely, and and the, the state of Alabama's Secretary of State, we did not notify as part of our list, which we're going to. But um, I reached out to her um, through email and then uh, a phone conversation, and she was she didn't quite know what to do. So she essentially said, "I'm going to file your paperwork here electronically," and and we're we're still active voters. So okay. kind of well, odd situation there. Well, you can't be an active voter because to be an active voter, you got to be a citizen of the United States and a resident. 
So the reason, Dave, right. that we yeah. don't have people go to the Secretary of State outside of this issue is because the Secretary of State's office in states now outside of just overseeing elections really is involved in incorporating businesses and taking fees and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so we used to have initially we had people send the affidavit to the secretary of state in the state. And it was Kay, the person that sent us Joe Lustica, by the way, old listener from when I first started years ago. And every time she'd send it to the secretary of state, they say, are you trying to open a new business? We don't have an account for you. Okay. So that's the reason we shifted to the attorney general who oversees all the lawmaking in the state for affidavits and stuff. And the secretary of state of the state's kind of gotten hung out. But now here they're coming back into the limelight because they oversee the elections. And that's constitutional, I believe. You know, I know the legislatures of all the states are supposed to make the laws, and I believe the secretary of state oversees their implementation. Okay. That's so a, I would suggest I the proof is when, when, when we go to vote. I guess that's when we'll know for sure. But according, according to the, you know the the county supervisor elections, we're we're still in the system to vote. And uh, but again, I'm gonna we're gonna go ahead and proceed with the the uh, secretary of state of yeah. Alabama. Yeah, find well. out. Call, give them a call. Give them a call over there to Montgomery. And find out who the attorney is for the Secretary of State that oversees this. And let's start communicating with that guy. Okay? And you can send him a short synopsis. Look, I took this into my supervisor of elections. She says I can still vote, but I'm not a citizen of the United States and a resident. And for my knowledge, that's a requirement to vote. I'm this status over here. Here's the proof. I want to participate. How do I participate in what category? Who's in Southern Alabama? That's Dave. Dave's down there. Uh, yeah, just uh, he's down around Dave, the enterprise. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. You're looking at the corrupt bastards in Montgomery doing <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Your fellow Alabamians got a comment here on the corruption in the state of Alabama. What was that, Mike? <laughs> I said, good luck getting those corrupt bastards to do anything in Montgomery. <laughs> well, at least you're alerting them that this is going on. If nothing else, we're, wa- we're raising their awareness. Because I, I mean, still hadn't heard back from the attorney general's office. They don't want to talk to me. Nothing. Well, you're throwing. There's no corruption here in Alabama. Look, you're throwing a hot potato right square ass in their lap, folks. Steve, Steve Marshall, the Attorney General of Alabama, all he does is take photographs with police stations and propaganda. That's all he does. I've never seen him do anything worth a shit. Well, you may have to sue him, folks. I mean, you might have to go in and, and learn how to sue somebody, you know. Um, but all I know is this is a really important area, and the deeper we get into it, I never used to dwell on it. The deeper I get into it and think through it, the more of a real crucial little element this is because they can't not let you participate. If U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals and they're equal, they can't not let you participate. 
Rogers, Bruce again. Go ahead, Bruce. I would copy the um, governor of the state and try to get an, an executive order by him to the attorney general. Then he would have to jump through that hoop. Um, anyway, that's I, I what no I, I would incur. Pardon me? Uh, yeah, King Ivy is our governor. I have no problem writing a letter. That's even a, That's a great idea as well. So uh, we're just overtly pressing the envelope on them, folks. These are facts. Here's my fact. It's done with the head guy. It's all legitimate. What? Why am I hitting a roadblock? Roger. Yes. Hosanna still waiting. Well, we're trying to get to Hosanna. We'll get there eventually. Yes. Who's trying to say One something? This is sketch. I was wondering if one question to ask would be, am I voting inside the franchise or out? I don't know. I'm just throwing that out, out there. Okay. Let's, just, let's find out some basics first, and then we can go ask some more questions like that. Paul, what do you? What, what's your comment? Um, make sure that you catch the news and follow the uh, actions of the legislature and the state. And see if they've got anything on the docket that um, would allow illegals to vote. Good idea. And if they are discriminating against you as a natural-born American but are allowing illegals to vote, you've got huge discrimination lawsuits. I I would think that's very valid and something we can look into as we go further. But let's get the reaction from some of these authority figures on the answer, then we can formulate a better path, a better plan. Okay, Hosanna, well, let's get to Hosanna here. I don't want her hanging out there. Hello, Hosanna. Hello. Hello. Um, I have a question. Hello, can you hear me? Barely. Can hear me? Barely. Oh, um, uh, can you hear me now? Better. Okay, I have a question. Like my brother, he's in a, he is like green car status. Uh, could he apply to be a state national? Nope, not until he naturalizes. And it's just uh, national. Like remember, Hosanna, the 14th Amendment says all persons born or naturalized. Oh, uh, okay. He's got to naturalize okay. first. So he had to, so he had to apply to be a U.S. citizenship first. Yes. And then we, oh, got it. Okay. Yes, correct. Got it. Okay. okay. Pretty okay. easy. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, yeah. you're welcome. Any more okay. questions, Hosanna? Uh, no, that's all. that's all. Okay. All right. Well, that's pretty easy. Roger. I wish all the questions um, were easy like that. Yes. I I was going to say um, it would be hard. My issue here with California contacting the governor would not be so <laughs> it would not go anywhere. Of so course I not. need to figure out who else I can contact. Well, uh, uh, uh Secretary of State is probably the, the legal guy for the Secretary of State that oversees the electoral process. That's who you want to go I, to. I think I'm gonna send it to Secretary of State in DC and the state. 
Well, no, because Secretary of State DC is, you know, it, the, just do Secretary of State. Why don't you copy the Attorney General on it? Well, I sent an email to the state um, Secretary of State, and they never responded. So uh, maybe I need to put something together again and then send it to both formal, the, the AG formal. and the SOS. Send it to find out the person in the Secretary of State. Send them a written, not an email, a written certified letter and copy the Attorney General on it and also do that certified. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right. Where else can we go this morning? Want to go back to the to this thing on the voting thing, I, I I feel like this is an important uh, important area that I've kind of just never centered on because I'm not involved in it. And now all of a sudden, as we've gone along the path here and we've developed our program a bit more, uh, and with a, I mean I'm not kidding you that if there is an election next November, October, or November. It probably is going to be the single most important election in the history of the country. I'm wondering if we're not going to have one. I don't think they're planning on having one because they're not, they know they're going to get wiped clean. Okay. It's the, the, the amount of the populace that's aware is so great. Even people that hate Donald Trump are wanting to vote for him now. Okay, and it's such a large lead that they can't overcome it with their cheating. That means they can't have an election, and it doesn't wouldn't surprise me one iota if there's not some kind of false flag coming between now and next November, and they're going to try and take over the country. If they don't, well, there's well, going to be well, a Zelensky whole bunch. Did that. Zelensky said there's not going to be any elections anymore, so yeah. I think that they're going to capitalize on that. I th- that's what I think. You know, just know well, these the guys as well. Last, the election. Okay, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, ahead, Bruce. No, go ahead. The election uh, last time wasn't an election. It was an appointment. Of course it was. And they know that, and they know that we know it, and they can't afford to have another one. Because the odds are absolutely against them. They can't even cheat and pull it off again. Okay, so that's just speculation on my part, but I know these bastards pretty damned well. So we'll see. But this right now is a good way for us to get our feet in the door at some authority figure that's got an important position and get some definitive answers on how can you discriminate against me. I've actually got political rights. These other people only have civil rights. They don't have political rights. Okay, so please do it. Take a minute. You want you want to be free. You want to go through all this. You want to get all your questions answered. Now do something for it. Roger, we, we've got a hot uh, potato in the microwave right now. We're going to be sending it off soon. Good, Give them that hot potato. Great, Dave. Sure glad to have you all down there. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, so who else has got something this morning? 
Hey, Roger. Yes, sir. It's Devin from Michigan. Hey, Devin. I've actually been waiting a week to share this with you. Something really interesting. Um, so I've read uh, um, most of Excellence of the Common Law. Yes. And uh, it, that is such an important read. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, like the the start of Common Law, according to Brent Winters and his research, and just how insightful that is. So, like, you know, of course, uh, you know. You know, we all have our challenges dealing with our local officials, right? And you keep falling back on, you know, did you did you send in your notices? Did you send in your notices, right? Yes. So one of the things that uh, Brent Winters really dives into that is the basis of common law. Uh-huh. You know, it, it started in the British Isles there. Right. And, you know, you had the Celts, you had the Mets, well, you had the Danes, and they're all... You know, it started, ahead. I'm going to interrupt you for a second, it didn't just start in the, in the British Isles, it was all over the northern part of Europe, okay? I mean, Europe mm-hmm. had their own common law. It, it's just, it was the understood legal processes and effects of those Anglo-Saxon, and sometimes it wasn't Anglo, it was Angos and Saxons together, is my understanding, Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, and Brent makes this clear. They just happened to gather together on the British right. Isles, but right. yeah, each people had their own version of the common law. Um, but the point I really wanted to you know make clear here, and why your process is so important, Roger, was you know the, these guys were essentially Vikings, and right. say you said something that wasn't nice about another Viking's mother, um, the other Viking would send a a challenge for you know like a duel or a battle, you know to his mother's honor right and uh, hey does that sound familiar you know right to be heard right and then uh before declaring yourself the victor you know there were certain you know conditions you had to fulfill you had to declare the time you had to declare the place and you had to give your opponent sufficient time to show up before you would declare yourself the victor and right well of course over time you know people got tired of uh you know bloody battles so they evolved from uh, trial by battle to battle by trial. Correct. But you know those those foundations still carry on to this day. I you know that that was really insightful to me, Roger, and it really put a lot um, in perspective on why we have the processes that we have. It shows you how important due process is, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, anyways, the, I yield. I just want it's the uh, due process is the critical underlying in all bodies of law, not just ours, but certainly ours. And that's why we do all this notice stuff. Notice, notice, notice. Okay, due process for people like Hosanna that might be new. Due process is not complicated. It's really simple. Notice and the right to be heard. That's why we send them notices. Okay, I'm sending you a notice that my status change. I've got a right. If you've got anything wrong with this, you come back to me. And if you don't come back to me and you don't have anything wrong with this, then silence deems consent, and it's a, a, it's considered agreed upon. And see, we're throwing this Roger. hot potato right in their laps, and most of them don't know this either. Okay, so now they've got to come to the confrontation that there's a legitimate lawful thing here and I didn't even know about it. That's part of the reason for my mind is blown. Yeah, you you challenged them to, to combat by trial and they never showed up. 
and they never do. We, you know, a twelve and a half years, folks. I've been helping people send this either. Well, for the first few years, it's all passport stuff, you know. But now we're doing the dual double barrel thing on them a cold affidavit and then the passport application with the exception of some of these bluffs from the passport office the secretary of state of mrs robinson letter that piss poor attempt at covering this up that they got no answers they're caught cold slaving and you know i was thinking about this last night think of this abram if this we can ever get this spread wide guess what else it does the whole national debt is negated because it's all fraudulent right 133 trillion dollars worth of bonds and we still own own commons. So the commons, which is the land of the country, we still own it. That's right. Ours, because right? they took it. Uh, anything, any, anything they've taken over since 33 is based on fraud. It no longer applies. Right. Okay. I, yep. I, I, so when you send your affidavit to the sheriff and to the district attorney and every, you, you, you summon the, the strongest legal fighters in the, in the state, and no one shows up. I mean, we got these bastards, folks. We got them by the damn short hairs here. And they can't do yes, anything do. about it except take the mask off. Take I it off. I just wish we could do, Roger, I just wish we could do more sooner than well, later. I don't, well, you know? yeah, no shit, Mirka. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to just stick to the elections thing. I want to do the whole thing. I I want to grab ropes and and start hanging the bastards. Oh, maybe we should start growing. Maybe we should start growing those, those tall trees so we can get that ready for them. So you were asking Devin? Yeah, I I just wanted to, to, to Compliment, Devin. That that's the most cogently phrased. You know, the they changed it from trial by combat to combat by trial. Exactly right. Okay, and then yeah. when you send this out to them, if you summon them to battle, you know, in court, you you issue this thing publicly to them, and you copy all their friends, the strongest people in the in the state, and no one shows up. You know, and they don't see it like that. But that's that's. That's the essence of what what this is. This, hey. That's that's genius. You uh, think, pardon me. Comment. Yes, go ahead. Is that Joe? Uh, whoever's trying to talk, let them go ahead and go. They they oh, chimed in before I did. That, Otherwise, I'll continue. Was that Joe? This is Ken. Oh, hey Ken. Oh. Um, if they're going to go to trial. And it goes to jury trial, or I should say trial by jury, and it's going to be of your peers. Well, U.S. citizens aren't our peers. That's right. So we need to start looking into um, having nationals as our peers, uh, something to think about. Um, However, I do have a – You're talking about – you're talking about – hold on. You're talking about being a defendant. You should never be a defendant because all those, unless you kill somebody or something like that, you should never be drug into one of those proceedings because they don't have the damn jurisdiction to drag you in there. 
before any kind of jury or anything else, we got the situation Mike's facing uh, down there in Birmingham, okay, with this rogue female set of magistrates. They won't. Hey, Roger, you don't understand. I'm, what would you say? All right, now, hold on. Two people talking. Go ahead, Ken. We'll get to whoever else in a second. Yeah, just one more quick comment. Um, I think a really good way to press the issue is uh, regarding ham radio licenses. It's required to have an FCC license in order to talk on ham radio frequencies. Since the FCC is an administrative agency, I think a very passive way to get people talking is to just get on ham radios and start talking. And then when they say you have to have a license, then you say, well, no, I'm not under FCC administrative authority. Why don't you call it, Why don't you write the FCC and tell them you're national and ask them about it? That, well, FCC, I'm already talking to some people around here. They, they do say you're supposed to be a U.S. citizen, but um, I think a way to quickly push the issue is to have all kinds of people that are nationals just start talking well none, none of drive. us none of us except for you are into ham so that's the only thing i know ken so press the envelope buddy uh, well i i understand that but that's why i, I bring it up because uh, we all should be because it may be our only way to communicate in the future yeah, I know someone in north kakalaki yep. gets on it uh, the okay. FCC came out of the Federal Communications Act of 1934, one year after the bankruptcy, and all of the regulatory stuff has come from that, Ken. Right. Okay. Who else was trying? Administrative agency, though. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. I mean, there's an agency came up in 34. There wasn't any agencies before 33. Who else is trying to say something there a minute ago? I just said there's someone in North Kakalaki that has ham. <laughs> there are some around. Okay. Who was the guy that was trying yeah. to say something there? I like the ham radio idea. Uh, what I was going to suggest is something that's not altogether pleasant, but, uh, you know, if someone, if they, this would really get set on fire if uh, two people, a married couple were getting a divorce and one was a national and one was not. And the one that wasn't knew about it and also changed status. How would the court handle that? I have no idea, but I'm sure that there's plenty of divorces going along and maybe we'll have a chance for somebody to try it out. Wow. What a show today. Uh, Okay. Anybody else got anything they wanted to bring forward? Yeah, the reason I mentioned that, though, is because, you know, common law is property law. Right. And you have to divide up property. So those nationals would there would be state jurisdiction in that for both people. But uh, I don't know how they divide things up. Who was trying to say something there a minute ago? I know there was somebody trying to say something. Well, if no one else will, this is Kent. Kent, hold on. Take the sweater 
from away from your phone and talk straight into the phone. <laughs> I couldn't hardly hear you. Try again. I'll have to switch out of the. Um, it, it doesn't sound like you're talking right into the microphone. Okay. There. Now. now we got it. Okay. All right. Is so it Ken? Earbuds don't work all the time. No, they don't. They're pretty crappy yeah. most of the time. Was it Ken? Kent. Kent. Okay, Kent. Four letters. Okay. Sure. Uh, on the lecture thing, uh, looking up in uh, the dictionary, uh, first definition is uh, one part one qualified to vote in an election. Second is one qualified to participate in an election. Uh, there are two other categories. And the fourth one is a uh, member of the Electoral College uh, to jump from being an elector to participating in um, Electoral College. They're, they're two separate things. Okay, good. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're really not, not an issue. Uh, you're, 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 not quali- you're not being qualified as a voter with the franchise, but you are exercising your political rights to vote. Okay, where'd you get that out of Blacks? No, uh, that the Merriam-Webster Collegiate. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, somebody dial up Blacks real quick and look under Elector. If anybody's got a Blacks at hand there. So it's just a question, you know, they don't even know about national. So for one thing, we're helping to educate them at an electoral level in some kind of an overseeing capacity. So uh, it may be that you can be an elector and you're not in the electoral college, but let's press the envelope with these people and find out and let them know that we know that there's a little scam going on. Well, Roger, the, the, the original California state constitution calls the person the elector and calls the process voting. Yeah. Roger. Yes. It's Frankie. Hey, Frankie. Black's Law says elector is a member of the electoral college chosen to elect the U.S. president and vice president. Second definition, a voter. Third definition, someone who chooses between alternative rights or claims. And this is the fifth edition of Black's Law. Okay. Well, uh, I don't see why they'd have a problem giving you that categorization if you present the affidavit, but let's get the information from their mouths and find out what they say. And if enough of you will just take a little bit of time, I mean, you know, what's your freedom worth to you? I didn't charge you anything for this, okay? Well, what are you willing to pay for your freedom? Write a letter to some guy? Are you willing to do that? We should defend it with our life. If, I, I, I mean, if, if you won't even do that, it must not be too damn important to you. So it's got to become that real that you live it and breathe it every day. Nothing comes above it. Nothing. Well, God, of course, but you're accessing him through this process. So, yeah, I mean, that's the way I've always felt about it, Frankie. It is the most important thing in my life for years, you know. 
And for the people that have children. Yeah, even more important. God, I, I'm getting where I hate Telegram and these damn notifications. Yes, Bruce? Uh, one of the reasons, one of the ways you can make your governor jump through the hoops you make, you make him jump through is you send him the letter to, and put in there, I'm needing, I'm needing process in 10 days, a response in 10 days. If he doesn't answer in 10 days, write an affidavit as a complaint and stick it, send it to the governor's office and also send it to your magistrate. And, so, and tell them that you're starting an administrative process on the governor, not asking a legal and lawful question. And start your administrative process on the governor. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you for the idea. Hey, Roger. In the, 18, in the 1838 Bodies, it's, an elector is a person that has the right to select their public officers. Well, you see, this sets up the whole fraud. that They've got it in the bankruptcy, this political theater up there. You think you're electing people that have that passed legislation and nobody realizes. I keep hearing everybody, well, we need to change out all the people in Congress. Folks, the problem's not in – I mean, there's a problem in Congress, obviously – but that's not the problem. The problem is the administrative state reinterpreting the laws they write and putting them out as regulations. There's the problem. It amazes me how many of these people that are so into this don't even know how the friggin' system operates. Roger. Yes, Ken. One uh, last comment. Um, back in the day when I was a kid and CB radios were like cell phones, you actually had to have a license to yeah. use a CB radio. Sure did. But what happened was that so many people started using them that it overburdened the process and they removed the license requirement. Ten, so, uh, ten, four. Maybe hopefully, ten four, good buddy. <laughs> Roger that. Do you remember uh, Cletus Maggard and the story of the White Knight? It came out about the same time out as Convoy did. Do you happen to remember ever hearing that? Mm, I remember the Convoy one. <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, we, I, I, would, I was with Mercury back then, and we we had the Cletus Maggard one. He was a advertising guy from Greenville, so I don't remember if you remembered that or not. Oh, this is the White Knight. So anyway, uh, yeah, I remember that uh, era, Ken, sure do. Um, Okay, got a couple of minutes left here. Somebody got anything that burning questions and you hadn't been able to get in because we've had so much participation today. Nobody like that out there. Okay. Well, well, I'll throw something else out there. Um, I thought it occurred to me, and I don't know if it's true or not. It's just uh, my uh, mental uh, ramblings. Um, that they're pushing these fentanyl deaths a lot. And I actually have to wonder 
if that's just cover for COVID deaths, I yield. Could be. A lot more attention coming back on the COVID issue. Again, they've been caught red-handed, red-handed, murdering millions of people. Right. So they blame it now on fentanyl, just like they blame uh, the flu on COVID. What are they saying now? Oh, drinking too much water when you're practicing football can make you have a heart attack. I, I mean, these, they're having to resort to some real ridiculous excuses. And it ain't going to hold water. They've been caught red-handed, and there's going to be repercussions. That's one of the reasons I believe they've sped up the agenda like they have, Ken. Hello. Hello there. Hey. Yeah. Hey, Dan from Oregon. I just wanted to congratulate Devin for reading The Excellence of the Common Law. And uh, the more people that read that, along with your information, Roger, the closer we're going to get to where we want to go. Yep. I'm just, uh, I'm sorry there's so many other people out teaching incomplete stuff. You know, I mean, I got to think somebody that goes through Anna Von Reich or David Strait, I'm a state national. Okay, well, what does that do for you? I don't know. Okay. And, 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 hey, Roger. Yes. Hey, Devin here. I was actually talking to a gentleman uh, the other day who specializes in private trusts and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I'll be super quick, um, but I mentioned a little bit of our process, and his first statement was, well, good luck defending that in court. And I'm like, well, you see, we make this thing called an affidavit, and it clicked for him. Um, I actually ended up sending him my booklet. Okay, good deal. Yeah, see, people, don't, they, they don't believe that you can get out of this with one sentence on one piece of paper to one guy. Uh, and it is hard to believe, isn't it? They don't, they don't understand that it's an official status, official okay, political status. I mean, you know, everybody's in a brain fog, and part of our job is to try and find the ones that want to come out of it and get it straightened out, okay? I, it does have to do with a lot with education, Roger. Of course. The, they're just, uh, they're um, just um, used to getting the information, not learning it. They're functionally illiterate. Right. Functionally illiterate. They're not stupid. They don't. It's not that they don't have intelligence. It's they're functionally illiterate. And they don't have enough time to think either. You know, they don't take. And with all the crap they're putting in food, water, and the air, it's understandable they may not be able to think as clearly. Maybe they were jab recipients. Okay, we're about in. Oh, okay. All right. Well, just hold on a second. Let me sign off, Mern. They're gonna Mother Earth's gonna swallow you, and we're gonna lay our bodies down. And what the hell else is new? So we'll see you on Monday. I'm gonna go enjoy an abbreviated weekend. Bye.